This is an AMI podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Double Tap. It is Thursday, it's the 26th of October 2023. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? Adorable, Stephen Scott, adorable. Ah, another episode. Always like it when you say that. Here's another episode. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know what? Other shows that do one a week. Up your game. That's all I'm going to say there. I wasn't there. sure what you were going to say there, but yeah, okay, let's go with that. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, up your game, guys. What, one show a week? What wow, I miss, I miss those days. Yeah. Whose fault's this? I blame him. Yes, he won't let's, be awake. Let's yet, blame him. I mean, look, yes. let's be honest. It was actually nothing to do with him. It was a bit of an ambush on our part, wasn't it? When you think about it, I mean, well, or, we, or, or specifically on my part. Yes, I, let's do six days a week. <laughs> we could do that, of course we can. We <sighs> had him in a pub. We had him cornered. Uh, you know, so he couldn't say no. He couldn't to say no. To be fair, he bought dinner though, so you know, it was all fine. Yeah. God how did, you, how did we F. end up in this situation where we get to do this every day? <laughs> Honestly, we get to talk to nice people. We get to hear from lovely people. We get to talk to each other. Well, you know, you kind of always, I suppose. Um, Right, Luke, lots to talk about today. Big breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah. More Apple news. They love to just sprinkle out the news. So uh, I'm just going to ignore all your comments, dear listener, on the IMAX. I'm just going to ignore them for the moment. We'll come back to those comments later. (sighs) Why? Have we had more? I I think it's safe to say I'm in a minority of one on this one. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to them uh, a bit later, if not today, tomorrow. Uh, Because, of course, the event is happening. Well, well, the event's happening on Monday, right? So we have plenty of time to talk about it. But the big news today is the new uh, OS updates for Watch, for Phone, and for Mac. I think there'll probably be some other updates coming out too. But uh, the most notable ones being 17.1 for iOS 17 uh, on the iPhone. And that's here. It's here. We've been waiting. Yes. Yeah, anything um, of note that we know of? Well, I mean, the actual feature pushed through. Uh, I haven't found anything particularly interesting. Um, AirDrop now continues over internet if you walk away from the other device during a transfer. Well, that's good. Uh, I never use AirDrop. Do you I use it all the time. It? Oh, how dare you, sir? Between what? Oh, between the Mac and your iPhone, yes. I'm guessing? Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, They're actually okay. very handy for transferring, especially video files. That's the one where it always falls apart. Because when I came back from Vienna, I had to take... Oh, not Vienna. Amsterdam. I travel so much. Um, but when I came back from Amsterdam, I had all these videos on my phone that I thought, I need to get these from my phone to my computer. And you know, you think to yourself, okay, I could upload it one by one to Dropbox, do it that way. And I thought, hang on, I've got AirDrop. And tried it three times. Three times it took me. It just kept... Because the phone would fall asleep, and so the AirDrop would stop. So that might now not Is happen. that... That can't be a feature. That must be a bug. I always, when I'm migrating my old iPhone to a new iPhone, you're doing it, you know, holding the device next to each other and all mm. that. And I'm always there touching the screen because I don't want it to go to sleep uh, just in case that stops the transfer. It shouldn't do, 
but I'm just, I don't trust it. And no, that's the same with that airdrop. That's why I don't use airdrop. And anyway, why wouldn't you just plug it in and pull them across? USB cable it, baby. Um, well, okay. I did think about doing that. I did think about it because I did, for Amsterdam, I actually bought a new uh, Belkin braided USB-C to lightning port. I kind oh. of like to, I like to hate myself, you see. And yes. um, I thought, I may as well buy a cable that I'll only be using for about 10 minutes. <laughs> well, and, and Everything's course, USB-C now, right? I was going to say, the new phone that you've got is USB-C. Yeah, but in uh, fairness, but- I wasn't using that for the filming because I didn't want to do that. I had a feeling that would happen. So I had a 14 Pro, so I used that for filming. Oh, okay. But okay. don't tell the and- TV people because I told them it was 15 and they were very impressed. Okay. And they couldn't tell a difference. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Even with their working eyes, they couldn't figure it out. <laughs> so there was an enhancement to AirDrop and also Apple Music. I don't use Apple Music either, so I wasn't particularly interested in that. Um, I know that's very unprofessional. I should have read every single I use single Apple Music. Detail. I like Crossfade, but I will say the irritant about Crossfade is it doesn't work well over AirPlay or Bluetooth. Which is kind of the only ways people probably listen to their oh. music, right? Does everyone just listen on their phone? No. I don't oh, think so. Okay. But the, the most important thing, of course, is are there any bug fixes in there? You know, Braille nope. bug fixes or voiceover. Nope. I haven't discovered any <laughs> as of yet, but I, I only updated l- late last night and I haven't really played with it. So I haven't seen anything on Apple Viz discussing the uh, bug fixes It'll yet. come. Just keep an but eye on. Yeah. Definitely check that out. But I'm sure there must be – I'm hoping there's some voiceover bug fixes there. Uh, certainly the same for macOS Sonoma that's getting an update as well. Uh, thank goodness, because I have to say I've had a lot of issues with Sonoma and I've just been hoping. I did see the other day because I was so tempted to just upgrade to the beta version of it, but I wasn't sure when it was actually rolling out officially. <gasps> but I thought, not on my main machine. I just cannot take the risk. I think moving up to Sonoma was enough of a risk. Yes. Uh, so I've, I've decided to hold off. And now this new update will come. I haven't installed it yet because I actually like doing work. So I uh, well. <laughs> like doing things <laughs> on my computer. So, uh, yeah, I thought I'd hang on until I, uh, until I, I, you know, well, until I'm not recording, which will be today. And then back recording tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day and the next day for the rest yeah. of my life. You're never going no, to update. I'll just have to update at some point and just take the leap. Uh, but the big update for Apple Watch is really the one everyone's talking about, which uh, gives Watch Series 9 and the Ultra 2, but not Ultra 1? Hmm, unless it's just the, in the headline. Oh. Uh, it gives it the useful double tap feature. Uh, you can listen to double tap on other devices, but yes. uh, you can... <laughs> Even though Apple will tell you you can only listen on a Watch Series 9 than an Ultra 2, I think they're against us. Um, but yeah, it brings this key feature, it says here, to Watch Series 9 and Apple Watch Ultra 2. Yeah, hmm. you're out. You Ultra 1 owners, sorry, you're out. Um, I'm really, okay, a cool feature, a very cool feature indeed. I still have no idea why it should be locked down to Series 9 and Ultra Watch 2. I understand that they have... Did they have an updated neuro processing chip in them, from what I can remember from the well, event? Let's just say they did. Let's say they do. But the hand gestures are already there. And I'm sorry, I can't believe that simply a double tap, you know, basically pinching twice using your forefinger and thumb would have any more processing requirements than the hand gestures that are already there clenching the fist what's the other one i'm sure pinch is already there anyway um 
So we already have hand gestures, yet this one gesture is only available on the latest line. That doesn't seem right to me. So this is allowing you to touch the display or the digital crown without actually touching the device. The whole thing is here to help you carry out whatever action it is you want to take in an app when your other hand is is maybe busy, right? So let's say, for example, you've got your Apple Watch, as I do, on my left wrist. So if you are carrying a bag of groceries in your right hand, but you want to answer or end a call or pause what you're listening to, all you have to do is tap your left thumb and forefinger together twice. Like that. Yes, really works well on on the radio. That's good. Well done. Sounds good. Uh, You can then use Double Tap (laughs) to stack up or call up smart stack widgets while your watch face is active. And you can do things like snooze alarms and start and stop timers. So, you know, this is going to be good for a lot of people, um, I guess. It's it, it might feel a little is bit gimmicky it? for some people. The assistive um, touch features are really the features that people who are disabled will probably jump into and use and are already using across devices. Well, see, that's the point for me. So using the current assistive touch hand gestures, you can navigate, you know, through any item on the Apple Watch and you can activate it. I think it is the, the fist clench to activate an item. Yeah, so if you right. do get a phone call, you can um, navigate to the answer call button and activate that using any series Apple Watch. It's just the double tap seems to be like the magic tap gesture. That's the new thing. Yeah, that's right. Although um, what's quite nice about it is people will now know what double tap means. Yeah, of course. And I was desperate to use the clip from the Apple event where they kept mentioning double tap. That, that was... Can we do that? Are we not I, I, I feel like I need to put that to music, if I'm honest. Yes, I, okay. We'll work on that. Needs to be, needs to be some production <laughs> behind that. I, I, feel there's, I feel there's something coming that's going to be, uh, yeah, just wait till the end of the year, because there's no way it's going to happen before then. No, I don't want to be dismissive about the double tap gesture, because it is, well, handy more than anything uh, from an accessibility point <laughs> of good. view. This is making, uh, you know, one of those cases, I'm leaving it. This is where it makes accessibility like mainstream, but... I don't know. I, again, it seems to be locking out for no purpose uh, users of older hardware. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some special magic that requires more processing power. Just can't think what that would be. No, I, I must admit, I have no idea either. Um, now, I mentioned, of course, you could uh, answer or end calls using this feature. Uh, you may never want to answer your phone again. Um because I don't know if you've heard the other big story of the day. Breaking news. Breaking news. Kind of over-egging this pudding. Uh, yes. But X, and I, I'm so sick of seeing the words, the platform formerly known as Twitter. It's called yeah. X now, okay? Let's just get over it. Um, they're rolling I I, out. I said that to you like three weeks ago. I know, ago. But, I, I, but I'm there now. Uh, I'm okay. there. Fair yeah. enough. I'm with you on it. Welcome to the party. Takes me okay. three, four months to ever get into the same psyche <laughs> as everyone else with these kind of things. So you tell me a good movie, I'll say, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then six months down the line, I'll be like, that Oppenheimer was amazing. <laughs> okay, X, I- I'm too busy. News. I'm too busy reading the memoir of Britney Spears right now. I don't have time for anything else. Um, oh. So, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I am not reading that book. Although in saying that, I, do you know what? I, I, Britney Spears... Has because she's the same age as me, right? And I remember growing up and she coming to prominence, and you know, me just having a typical, you know, teenage crush on Britney Spears. And I think any man who says that he didn't is a liar. Okay, anyway. that sounds slightly, <laughs> slightly aggressive, Stephen. But okay, <laughs> don't be so defensive. It's fine to have a crush on Britney Spears. Oh, I did. I, I had a crush on Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, and I was going to marry Leanne Rhymes. 
Ah, cool. Yep. That's what happens when you leave blind people on their own. They, uh, <laughs> they just start thinking too much. <laughs> start building little Sylvanian families. Uh, you know, me, Leanne Rhymes, Britney Spears. It's a, it's a wonderful event. It really is. It's it's a- we've gone off on such a tangent. <laughs> Breaking news from X. Yes. Um, you might be, you might rather I talk about Britney Spears when I tell you this. Uh, X, the platform norm- formerly known as uh, Twitter, normally known as Twitter, uh, is rolling out audio and video calls. Oh, well, that's great news. <sighs> what, what, what's wrong with that? So this is something we heard about. Elon yes. Musk did mention this was something that was uh-huh. coming, and he has um, announced this. And apparently now when you get, you'll get a notification when you open the app. I don't know if this is across the board or whether this is just rolling out slowly. Uh, but the notification will now state, audio and video calls are here. Um, bad news. It's on hmm. by default when it appears. So this will be on... By default, meaning you could be called by absolutely anyone at any time from anywhere, including all the sex robots that keep liking all my tweets. Hang on, you've got sex robots. I get sex robots that love my tweets. <laughs> for some, it's the only thing that likes my tweets. For some reason, that sounds terrifying. Uh, I think it's just say bots instead. It says sounds less horrible. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, right. Yeah. Okay, let's say sex, sex bots. bots. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, In hang fact, on a second. Just, just checking this. Yeah, yeah. We're just checking that one. Yeah, he he says uh, stick with bots as well. Uh, we all okay. we all know the truth. It's never going to be a robot, right? Even the robot will turn away. Stop it! I, wow, I don't believe this. There, I believe say, what? Fact? I'm going to say fake news. What? What's fake news? That anyone, any any anyone using X can just ring anyone else. I don't believe that. So you, you basically, if you've got your DMs open. If that's something you have where you can uh, allow people to slide into your DMs, I've heard this phrase, well um, then you can uh, allow people. It says, no, it says options, and this is the key bit, include op- options to allow audio and video calls from only people in your address book, people you Here follow, we go. verified See, users. But this is important. Or yes. all there. You can even make a call by opening a DM with another user, selecting the phone icon in the top right corner of the screen and choosing audio or video call. Hang Makes on. sense. That's exactly what I'm concerned about. Um, but yeah, why, so why, pa- why, 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 well, because why, why, that's an why? option to allow from people in your contact list. It seems that this feature is on by default. Does that mean that anybody can just call you? Sounds to me like it can. Oh, well, now, Stephen Scott, you're saying, does that mean? Before you were saying that's actual fact. I'm, I'm just saying, as the defence here, I don't believe they would allow that to happen. If they have allowed that, that anyone could call you from, you know, if it's not on your following list or followers list or not in your DMs, then that is a car crash waiting to happen. Absolutely. I don't even think Elon would go that far. But hey, I could be wrong. Well, this is a th- this is where I'm kind of more nervous about someone like Elon bringing a feature like this out. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, okay, this is something which will be on by default once it turns on. That's important to know. Because that means that, because look, we all might have people we connect with on Twitter that we don't know personally. We just follow them and they may follow us. And that means they've got access to our DMs. They've got access to our ability. If you have that open, you have that ability for people to, to contact you. Now, a lot of people may not and actually do not go into their privacy settings and check all these things. I mean, look at Facebook. I remember... When, uh, oh, I agree. Yes, I, I went. Yes. Th- I went through all the the settings at one time, and I, you know, a lot of it was amazing because you could you could post a picture, and that picture, if it was liked by someone else who you knew, 
that picture would then be available to see by all their followers. So it was like circle to circle to circle. Suddenly people yes. you had no idea who they were were liking and commenting on your pictures. And I once had someone say to me, oh, that was a really interesting picture of whatever it was. And I just stopped posting after that. I thought, I can't, I can't deal with that. So yeah. I went into the privacy settings and really locked it down to the point where basically no one can, you'd be lucky if you can find me on Facebook. No, I totally agree. And But then again, you could say whose responsibility is that? Um, you know, we should all go into the privacy settings. I never did for the longest time on Facebook. And when you do go in there, you think, wow, how open is this? The amount of info that you actually give out to anyone is incredible. Now, the counter argument to that is what should the defaults be? The default should always be common sense and should be closed down in our favour rather than the company's favour. Let's not open it up, um, which is the argument I'm making here for X. Uh, the, the the ability to make and receive audio or video calls um, should be there by default. I don't have a problem with that. Who can actually make those audio and video calls to you and who you can make them to the options there is a different matter. If it's totally open by default, anyone can call you. And that is a problem. Well, I, even this is the I'm bit because sure like Facebook, right? So with Facebook, you've got the Messenger app. Now, if you go and get the Messenger app, you will expect to get contacts directly from people, possibly calls, possibly video calls, whatever. You will expect that to happen. Whereas with Twitter or X, you, you maybe don't you don't have that expectation. You know, I could see people getting that notification and being completely freaked out. Does that mean that someone I follow on there could contact me? Does that mean I can contact them? Uh, you know, and so it goes. And I just, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little bit hesitant to uh, to get excited I, listen, about this. I, I know that he wants to create the Everything app, which is what X is all about. He yes. wants to create this one place where you, I mean, look, you started this process by removing the titles from the URLs that get placed. So now you just have this image and the idea is you won't then leave the site because you think you're just looking at a picture, which of course people don't do. They just click on it and go away anyway. But yeah, you just don't know nonsense. what you're going to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I must admit, he's he's really he's really mucking this up. I mean, it's like this is this. If I was building an app, I'd expect to make as many mistakes as Elon Musk has made, you know, <laughs> because I, I know nothing about this wow. stuff. Look, I I agree. It's it it, it is slightly concerning, but the, it, this is a useful feature, isn't it? I mean, you could see an interesting tweet from someone, and you can give them whatever permissions are in place. You could actually give them a call. I mean, is there a problem with that? Well, I mean, the same could be said for WhatsApp and Messenger, right? I mean, the, the same yes. theory applies there. I mean, whether there's anything wrong with it or not, I think it's just implementation, right? I mean, look, I, I think there's something else that comes up in this, which you and I have talked about. You're less bothered about it. I am bothered about it. But it seems the rest of the world is on your side, especially, let's just say, people of a certain age. Uh, oh. And I'm talking about young people here, who frankly oh. just think Hooray. that privacy doesn't it doesn't matter anymore there is no thing as such thing as privacy i was watching an interview on uh, bill maher's program real time um a couple of weeks ago he had tristan harris on uh who's a, a really interesting guy he was the guy behind a documentary on netflix called the social dilemma and he also right. did a talk on the ai dilemma which if you haven't watched is honestly it's on youtube just search for the ai dilemma it is an incredible conversation and actually that is what spawned our episode of uh, Double Tap that we did called The AI Dilemma because I had watched that and I was just absolutely stunned. And we played some clips of that um, that in, actually. You should go back and listen to it if you haven't because it's very interesting. But the um, but but he was talking about the fact that today privacy is just dead. There's no privacy. There's no privacy anywhere. So if you think 
if you're on the internet, if you are on the internet today and you think you have any privacy, you're lying to yourself because there is no privacy. Everything we do is online, every single aspect of our lives. And, you know, you can get worried about that and you can get nervous about it. You can accept it. You can freak out about it. You can unplug everything in the house and hope for the best. But the reality is that everything we do on online, everything we have is online. And governments and, and all kinds of health services and everything is pushing to get more and more of our content online. And I, I just think that perhaps there's a point that comes where you, you either give up the fight and say, there's no point even discussing this anymore about privacy because privacy is just dead. Privacy has gone. I think that's where we're getting to, actually. And I don't like it, but I really don't. Because I, I grew up in a, a different world. I really did. But today's world, today's generations, don't seem to care about it. I just know that I'm giving up something. It's a, it's a transition. I'm, I'm giving up a transaction, I should say. I'm giving up Both. my... <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'm giving up some of my data for the convenience of using whatever service that I'm using mm-hmm. for free. And as long as you're going in that with your eyes wide shut in our case, that's absolutely fine. I, I don't honestly see an issue with that. This whole privacy is dead. I don't actually buy into that a, a whole lot. There's a certain amount of levels to that. If we're talking government law enforcement having access and you know backdoors into any uh, major internet backbone, that, that's a whole different level. I have no idea. Probably. Is that a good thing? That's a whole different discussion. I'm not talking deep state stuff. I'm not talking that. I don't mean that level. I mean, yeah, maybe there's a part of that. But I think for everyday people, the idea that you are anonymous on the web... Well, who thinks they're anonymous? Who who believes they're anonymous? I think most people do. No, I think most people do. I think You honestly don't think that when a a guy or a girl goes into a a website and and thinks, I'm going to check this information out, maybe maybe something that they... I don't know, they found a lump on their body or something, they're nervous about it, they, they search for it online... That isn't being recorded, that that's not there. I'm not saying people are using it. I'm just saying it's there. It's all there. It's all available. I mean, look, let's take the end result, okay? So of, of every single, uh, my wife watches so many of these murder documentaries and crime documentaries. I know where you're going with this. And it's I was always go the same. That. It's like, oh, so, you know, he had internet searches for this and that. And you think, okay, two things. One, this guy was, was clever enough to murder people, but he was never figured out how to, you know, get rid of his browser history. But even if he did, he could probably find a way to bring that back. And that's Which the is- point. So it's always there. And that's, that's what I'm saying. It's not a case of that. I'm not into the conspiratorial stuff. I don't think Big Brother's watching. What I do think was Big Brother is recording. And that's the bit that I think people need to be aware of. I'm not saying it's bad or or, or terrible or terrifying. I just say that's the truth. But that is going back to the point I made earlier, because I I was thinking exactly the same thing. Two days before this terrible crime, he Googled Mm da-da-da-da-da. Well, okay, so clear browser history, right? But aside from that, your ISP, your internet provider has a, a complete and detailed record of every request sent and yeah. and requested from your IP address. And that is where I'm saying, okay, is that stored? How private is that? I don't know. That comes down to legislation. But I, I don't think anyone should think that as a general rule, if you do a Google search on something like that, like you mentioned medical, then who else is going to see that? No, but that's not my point. I, I'm not. I'm not 
Because that gets down the conspiratorial route. You see, you're saying, oh, well, you know, people are watching. I'm not saying that. Or government reach. I'm not even mentioning. That's not my argument. My argument has nothing to do with who's watching it. My point is it's being recorded. That's the point. So, I mean, who knows how that could be? I mean, look, we, for example, know in the disability community that, you know, there were even, remember there was this conversation for a while about websites gathering information about those who used screen readers so it could decide whether or not to offer services. And it was being used for all kinds of reasons. They didn't know what it was being used for initially. But there was mm-hmm. concern that it was almost like if a company finds out that we are using screen readers, they may turn us away. They might not give us a service. They might not whatever. You know, that's the kind of of reality that we're kind of living in. And, you know, whether it's all for nefarious or for good or for advertising or for whatever, it's just I think people need to be more awake to what is actually going on. Um I'll give you that. I, I, that's, yeah, that's all I'm saying. You. I just think, okay. you know, and, and this is where this, you know, th- this story is interesting to me because I don't know what's going on with the data. And look, the same could be said for ChatGPT and OpenAI. I think there's lots of question marks around this. I mean, I'm seeing this in the Be My Eyes community a lot. What's happening to our data when it goes up there? I brought this question up on day one when we found out about Be My AI. We had Mike Buckley here and I said, look, here's the question. What happens to our data when we publish or we post a picture to Be My AI? What happens to that picture? Where is it going? And the answer and- is it's going into the humongous vault that is OpenAI's servers and it's being used. But you know what? That's to, the to point. To mine information. But if we want OpenAI to work, then you where, have you know, to. Where is be that part going? Of it. You know what? There is a, in the OpenAI T's and C's and facts, there is a, a whole section on what happens to my data. Do you know what? I've never read it. No, I bet no one else I has. I don't either. care. I'm so impressed with Be My AI. I haven't read it. I don't care. Siri doesn't track anything we do, apparently, right? It doesn't track us. It doesn't follow us. It doesn't doesn't store any of our, re- our requests. And it's terrible. Uh, why is that terrible? <laughs> because it's not able to gather all the information to make it any better. And that mm. is that's the price, that's it, and that that is on. It's a bit of a conundrum we're in because really we have to feed the beast in order for the beast to be able to behave and and do what we want it to do. Otherwise, it just goes away and gets bored because it's not being fed. It doesn't do anything for us. And we end up with Siri just doing Google searches every time you yeah. ask it something. Yeah. So. Okay. Anyway, that aside, X Ooh. is uh, offering this feature, uh, or, say, or is bringing out this feature. Uh, there's also a suggestion of him charging all users a yearly price to access the platform, and has already started making users in New Zealand and the Philippines pay $1 per year. A dollar a year. This is, for, I think, for new users. I think for new users coming in. That makes sense to me, though. That's That's trying to get rid of your sex robots, Stephen Scott, if I can use that phrase. Um, to make sure funny, that you're my, actual- my, sec, my sex bots, there seem to be more of them now than there ever were. <laughs> and I thought we had cleared them all out. I don't know. I'm confused. I was told it was all good now. And there seems to be more. We- I will say, though, I do like the likes. I am enjoying the likes. And I do have the most beautiful following. Um, yes, they're but, all hot girls in my area. But all, all these like, people, all, like mine. Yes. all these people seem to have never posted ever in their lives. <laughs> Can I call them? What would happen if I call... I don't know, sex bot one. What happens then? All right, we're in dangerous, dangerous territory yeah. here. Let's it's let's move away. I, I actually don't mind that dollar a, dollar a year. I don't know how effective it is. Would you pay that? Yes, I think so. A dollar? 
one dollar. If, if he you... brings in payment, I'm out. If he says to me, I think maybe I found it. Maybe that was it. Maybe I remember we said, I wonder what the thing will be. What will it be that will let me just? I'm not. You're already out. Well, I'm already out to an extent. But I'm still posting there. But if he wants me to pay to be on that platform, I'm out. Well, even a dollar. Even a dollar a year. A year. Yeah, okay. because because my question is, what does he want in return? Well, he wants if my it phone does number, cut, he wants if my. If it cuts down, I'm just going to say bots. If it cuts down on bots, oh god, it's not. Isn't cut that a down good thing? Bots, come on. I mean, you the, don't think so? The, the, it, the people look, who the people who are out doing this stuff, the people who are hacking and doing all this and making all these things, you don't think they can figure out how to get around that? I no, mean, I don't on. think they could figure out to get around that. I think they could probably possibly afford to play pay the dollar I was going to say they'll probably pay the money and just fill and just absolutely I mean you what a hundred a hundred dollars a year that's a hundred sex bots just say bots please so (laughs) (laughs) look right now it's it's a matter of of nothing to just hit enter and create ten thousand automated bots to go and post whatever message you want and that that is a problem that is an issue it may make it a nicer place to be. Yeah. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, right, stick around. More to come, including Negative Julian gets a new-ish PC. This is Double Tap from AMI-audio. Email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us, 877-803-4567. And find us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And now on Mastodon at Double Tap. Now, recently on the show, we talked about uh, upgrading and buying a new PC. And that's something that Negative Julian has done. It's always nice to hear from Negative Julian. So here's his update on uh, what he's just bought. Hello, everyone. I was just listening to the podcast re-upgrading or replacing a PC. And purely by chance, I think I've got something to share there as I have recent experience Just a couple of months ago, I took it into my head to replace my existing desktop PC. I still feel a little bit guilty about it because there was nothing really wrong with the one I already had, other than it could not be upgraded past Windows 10, and I fancied having a go with Windows 11. But anyway, um, I had a browse around. I was always going to go second-hand, never any possibility of going new. And what I've ended up with is a refurbished Dell 5040 small form factor desktop PC. It's got an Intel i7, I think it's sixth generation. It's got a 512 gigabyte SSD hard drive, 16 gigabytes of RAM, The monitor inputs are HDMI and DVI, and uh, it's well provided with USB USB ports. There's six Type 3 USB ports and four Type 2 USB ports, so 10 in total. Um, Quite a surprise to me, this particular unit had a couple of legacy PS2 sockets in it one for mouse one for keyboard uh that was a shocker because i was quite convinced that that particular port was well and truly extinct but it's got them 
Um, as I know you're so interested in keyboards, I'll just say that uh, by chance at the back of my cupboard, I did have an old wired keyboard with that type of connector on it. And out of curiosity, I did plug it in. And it's, uh, you probably recollect them. It's one of these old office uh, wired keyboards that everybody seemed to supply around the turn of the century. I think this particular one is branded HP, but every supplier, I think, supplied some sort of slight variation on this same keyboard. Big, solid, heavy thing, made to be hammered eight hours a day, five days a week, and shrug it off. And uh, I'm sure you must have used something like it. And I plugged that in, and it's actually quite nice to use. Maybe it's nostalgia, but uh, it's quite nice to type on. Um, Probably won't keep it plugged in, but just for the inconvenience of a wire strown across my desk. But there you go, just mentioning. And what else have we got there? Oh, uh, all the normal things with the sound inputs and so on. And round the front, um, very convenient for me. It's still got a, a CD DVD drive. Very handy because I still do like to rip the occasional cd into an accessible format that i can store away for my personal use so it's very handy having that there and uh, that's pretty much sums up the specifications i've been using it for a little while now and everything seems to be working absolutely fine quite speedy it might perhaps be under specified for people like yourselves who are doing a lot of audio file work but for my much more basic requirements, more than sufficient. And what did this cost me? Well, including delivery, the whole lot was 182 good old British pounds, which to me seems like a bargain. Um, it arrived very well packaged, professionally packaged. By chance, I had a sighted relative in the house when it arrived. So they had a look at it for me and they say it was spotlessly clean. They couldn't see even a scratch on the casing. And being a thorough type, I then took the side panel off and invited them to have a look inside. And they said it was every bit as neat and clean inside as outside. So a properly done refurbished job. And as I say, £182 for that, I think is a bargain. So that was just my experience of what you can get if you shop around a bit and you go refurbished um only other thing as a sidebar if you've got time to listen um i just mentioned that in the episode you did say that one of the best upgrades you could do for a pc with an old mechanical hard drive was to replace it with an ssd a hundred percent agree i've done that myself with an old laptop and an old desktop brilliant increase in performance but what you didn't say was then what to do with the old hard drive and i just say that if you took it out of a laptop or even a reasonably modern desktop system there's a very good chance that what you've got is a two and a half inch sata drive and it's a shame to waste it why why just bung it in the back of a drawer what you need to do just uh Get for yourself, spend six, seven pounds on an external hard drive case. 
slot that old mechanical drive in there, which is really, really easy to do. And voila, you got a perfectly usable high-speed external drive. Um, excellent for just backing up uh, any file that you know you're going to want to keep for quite a while. Your music files, your My Documents, um, scans of your insurance policies, letters from the doctor, all that sort of thing. And yes, I know that you can put them all in the cloud and that's a modern thing to do and all that. But um, isn't it reassuring with important documents to know you've also got another copy there at hand in your room? Um, so <laughs> if the Internet goes completely belly up, there it is. You've still got it. So just a thought and you can do it all for pocket money. So waste not, want not. Uh, I think that'll do for now. Uh, so I'll say bye for now. Negative Julian. Bye. Thank wow. you. Yeah, I know. Where do you even begin there, right? There's so much to pick Another up on. Another classic from Julian there. I know. That was, that was really good. And I would say, you know what? That spec was really impressive for that price. And I would, I would use that. No problem at all. That would be more than powerful enough. An i7... Um, yes, an older generation, but still an i7, 16 gig of RAM, that's really important, and the SSD. Yeah. I mean, I think that would pretty much cover everything I throw at. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you know, I know you said there, Julian, that this might not be something that would be useful for us, but honestly, I don't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, Audacity would run fine on that. I mean, there's more than enough memory. The processor is more than good enough. It's interesting, actually, when you dig into it, we did this recently, of course, with the uh, with this very topic when we were talking about upgrading, when you actually look at the specifications, the bare minimum specifications for a screen reader, it's way lower than you think it should be. You know, you think, yeah. hang on, Core 2 Duo, where was that out, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah um, it's true. So, you know, when you go back, it's actually not that, and obviously you're, you're going to get so much mileage out of a very old processor versus something a bit newer. But, you know, 6th, 7th gen, I think anything around that time there, there, there is an argument to be said that some of those earlier processors were actually better built. They, they managed things better than some of the later ones. There was a period, I can't remember if it was the 10th gen or the 9th gen, there was one that came out from Intel that was not a great processor. You know, it was, it was not the fine wine that year. It was the thermal the previous, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The previous the generation is much nicer. Yeah, yeah. It, it ran way too hot and you needed a lot of cooling on it. And interesting, after we did that piece about upgrading your PC a couple of weeks ago, um, the Generation 14 Intel was released like <laughs> yes. two days after that. So, I mean, you're always playing catch up, but it just shows the 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 difference in price that you can get from a, an i7 6th gen, which is still a very fast processor, more than capable, and uh, a current version, which... Yeah, at 13 let's say um you're gonna pay a good few hundred dollars more for that yeah. at least and um is there any need i'm not sure that's well, a nice look, I, computer i don't think when it comes to processors especially intel and i would even argue with the m series on apple as well now i don't think there's a need to go chasing processors i say this of course as i you know, get all my Apple yes. equipment ready to take to the store <laughs> for trading tomorrow. It's like, right, get everything in a bag and, and go to the store and, you know, empty everything out on the table and say, take all this trash, take all this MacBook Pro rubbish, get rid of it and give Two me Apple old. money. 
Terrible. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> get that little robot in the back to get to work and uh, disassemble this and then sell it back to me in a year as something else, <laughs> which is basically what's going to happen. What is it with you and robots today? And <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, and, and that's 182 British pounds is around 300 Canadian dollars, which is, uh, yeah, more than reasonable. A refurb is always a viable option. But that's what I was going to say. So I don't think you have to go chasing processor speeds. I mean, I think if you're a gamer or you're someone who is in the creative world, then yeah. And I mean, I have to be honest, I even feel bad sometimes calling myself in that space. You know, I mean, I, I know I do the odd edit of video and stuff, but it's very minimal. I mean, it's basic stuff. You could probably do it on an old iMac if you really wanted to. Oh, did I say iMac? Uh, you could probably do it on an old <laughs> Mac Mini. Or it might be pro, you know, with even an Intel or in, an older Intel, you, you don't need to have the latest and greatest. Many people, it's interesting actually, because I follow a lot of people on a community called Ecam. Ecam is a is a piece of software which is kind of like, I guess, the the Mac version of OBS. A lot of people use it for streaming. They use it for conferences. They use it to basically jazz up their presentations on Zoom or Teams, and it allows you to bring in lots of extra content visually. And it's, it's a bit of a power hungry piece of software. And we've been playing around with it for various things over the years. And it's it's although it's very power hungry, I see a lot of people in that ECAM community talk about the type of machine they have. And some people running 2016 might be pros, and it's absolutely fine. Yeah, it's getting older without a doubt. Mm-hmm. It's running, it's not going to run as fast. But you know, I think what's most interesting is the people who haven't yet went out, and there's lots of you out there who haven't. Maybe you have got an old MacBook or an old Mac Mini or whatever, and you're quite happy with it. You haven't tried M-Series yet, and you're thinking, oh, what can the difference be? Um, because actually what you have is fine. That's not to say that when you get the new version, you are going to notice a difference. You absolutely are. Yeah. But that's not to say you need to therefore go and buy it. And I don't think you need to go and chase processors, if I'm honest. Uh, I say, you know, if you've got a decent computer, try and upgrade it if you can. I think also uh, Julian's point there about the... Uh, Hard drive enclosure. I didn't even think about that, but that's a great point. If you've got a hard drive, you're pulling out. See if you could be pulling out a two terabyte hard drive from some of these machines. Why throw that away? It could create some storage. Take it outside and hit it with a hammer. Um, and that is very wasteful. You're absolutely right. And these enclosures, as you said, are incredibly wow. cheap now. So if you just search your favorite online store for a USB hammer. hard drive a enclosure. <laughs> You can pick them up for a few dollars, and they are fairly straightforward to uh, install a hard drive into. With SATA, basically, there's no everything just lines up, and it, it does slot in place, like Julian said. So, yeah. a very good recommendation. I like that. I used to love. Do you know what really irritates me? A lot of things irritate me, but do you know what specifically irritates me about a new upgrades is? You remember those DVD drives you used to get? I remember a company called Light On. They used oh, to sell one. yes, yes. And it was like a full, it was like the kind of uh, DVD drive you would put into a tower PC, right? Yeah. It was the big, big, you Five know, and a quarter inch. That's right. And I forgot the size. Yeah, that's right. Five and a quarter inch. And that would be almost like inside its own enclosure. And it had a power supply and it worked. It was, it was brilliant. And honestly, they were the best DVD writers you could get. They yes. were the best. And these days, if you go and buy, and you can buy, if you don't have one in your computer, you can go and buy an external one, which is usually USB powered. So it will sometimes come with two USB, it's like a Y cable almost it comes with. Uh, there's a USB for power, there's a USB for data, and that could be a USB or a USB-C or whatever. But 
you know, basically you have that little drive, as much slimmer, almost the size of a CD case drive, yes. and that would go into your computer. I have never managed to get on with any of those. They always seem to either not work really? very well, the power is an issue, you know, you've plugged it into the wrong power supply or the wrong... And of course, you can't plug it into anything because it doesn't have a power supply. The computer is the power supply. So you've got to use up two USB ports. And of course, on a MacBook, that's always interesting because you've only got usually two, if you're lucky. If it's a MacBook Air, you've got one. <laughs> so that's never going to work. And there is actually a specific one for the Mac called the SuperDrive, which the best one in the world, I cannot get to work with a single USB connection. Kind of well, the workaround work. for that is usually to use a powered USB external hub that you plug mm. into the mains because that will give it more power. Usually you got a 5 volt um, from your laptop or computer. And yes, that's why you do get the Y cable. It can actually draw power from two to give it more power. But um, I don't know. Are they really... Do you really care anymore? DVD, CDs? I used to well, have I a tower with like four... Light ons in them with Nero burning ROM software. Oh, not going to get into why. Not going to discuss why. This is purely for friends and family. <laughs> Correct. That's sharing right. Sharing photos and videos. Yes, yes that's right. Uh huh. Ah, it used to be amazing. Yeah. Are you no, listening, I, Sony? I, I haven't had it. A... Right. Let's move on quickly. <laughs> uh, Ken in Sacramento writes in, following up also on this conversation. Hi, Double Tap team. I recommend if you have the space and will not be moving your PC around to buy a Windows PC in a tower case. My last system was a Windows PC in a tower case. When the sound chips died on my motherboard, all I had to do is install a sound expansion card to fix the problem. I also recommend getting a little more powerful CPU, as many cores up to eight as possible, and RAM expansion capacity above your current needs if you can afford it to future-proof your PC. I future-proofed my last system. It lasted eight to nine years. I would probably still be using it except that I decided to upgrade to Windows 11 and that system did not have the trusted computer module either in software or hardware connectors. Sean is right about being careful when looking at AMD motherboard systems. Many do not come with graphic processing chips on them. The price difference between on-motherboard versus separate card is pretty steep. This is based on my research from two or three years ago for my current custom-built system. My last two PCs were bare-bones custom-built systems. Bare bones usually means only the operating system software is provided. I added the Microsoft Office suite. I started buying custom systems 12 or 14 years ago when I could not find systems produced by commercial companies without bloatware that could not be removed. I do not know if this is still a problem. I might not have bought my second custom system if the company that built my first one was not still in business and their website was fully accessible, even with some usability issues. I do not recommend going the custom-built route if you do not understand the interplay of motherboard, CPU and RAM. You can develop the necessary background if you are willing to do some research. All of the needed information is freely available on the internet. Best regards, Ken in Sacramento, California, USA. Thank you, Ken. Very interesting. I I must admit, I, um, I, I think you do have to be very careful if you're going down the custom route, especially if you're building. I did it once and I thought I would a new thing. You know, you just... Die, yeah, you just get some RAM from somewhere and you yeah, stick in easy. a hard drive and you stick in a you know a sound card and you buy a motherboard. Is, is, does it say motherboard on the box? That'll do. Uh, you know, <laughs> and then you realize that absolutely that interplay thing is, is really important. You've got to make yes. sure everything works. It's like that nothing RAM connects. It's incompatible with what's that, that cable for. That doesn't fit anything. <laughs> what's that all about? You know, all this nonsense. So you've got to be careful. It, I used to love building computers, but I'm not sure I'd do it now 
with my level of vision. It's it's just because the the components themselves that we were talking about a processor, so it's so expensive and so delicate. I wouldn't want to be feeling around too much. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm sure it, was it different. is. It was different a few years ago, right? Because when you had the IDE cables and all that kind of stuff, it was a bit more tactile. But is everything so small these days? Know. SATAs are actually a lot easier than trying to line up the uh, pins on a on an IDE cable. But... Oh, come on. Love a little. It was always fun, especially a bent pin. <laughs> Oh, that was great fun, wasn't it? <laughs> Spending about three months trying to almost like fix the pins back into some kind of oh, order. Yeah. A pair of tweezers trying to bend it back without snapping my, it off. My poor mother had mother? to come in with my mother had to come in with tweezers and try and fix it. And of course, I'm trying to explain to her. She has got no idea what she's doing. And I'm like, you got to try and basically straighten all the pins out. And I think she actually bent them all the wrong way. So she's like, well, they're all straight now. And I'm like, yeah, but they're all in bed. Oh, forget it. <laughs> forget Threw it. Threw the whole thing in the trash, go out to PC World and buy something else. But that, no, it's a good point, though, raised about uh, upgradability, the ability to add more RAM, you know, change to an SSD or change yep. a hard drive or add, add something when you don't have it or it breaks. Yeah. It's, it, it is really, you know, it does give you that long life, but. It's something we're seeing less and less of, you know, in laptops, especially with everything being soldered in, you know, even yeah. RAM in some cases where you cannot change it. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I do like a, a tower PC. Yeah, so do I. I'm, my, my machine's a tower, but I, there's not a lot in there. And like you mentioned, and I did not know this, that the AMD boards might not often come with, with any kind of, you know, HDMI or any any graphics built in. Yeah. I did not know that. If I did, I would never have touched it in a month of Sundays. <laughs> because I, I, the only option I have, at least in, in this, is the, the card that's already in there. There's no point taking it out. But the card that's in there, I think, is a pretty high-end graphics card, which has no value to me whatsoever. I know. But, and it's probably a third of the price or even half of yeah. the price of the entire system. I yeah, know. exactly. Paid for that and nothing else. Uh, also, just a quick note from Debbie. Now, she didn't want us to play in her voicemail. It's such a shame because it was a lovely voicemail that she sent. Yeah, yeah, it was great. There was nothing wrong with it, Debbie. Uh, but you sent in your first voicemail, I think it was. Uh, so thank you for that. And uh, you listen to us every day in Houston, Texas. Really appreciate that. And um, you were telling us about a, a movie or a series, TV series that's coming on to Netflix called All the Lights That We Cannot See. I've heard about this book. This is one I've heard about. It's one of these uh, books. I didn't. I don't know much about the story, but apparently it's about a young girl who uh, is blind. Her name's Marie, and she is uh, going through, uh, I guess, some kind of war. It would appear in the film or the show, and, and basically she has to kind of come to terms in the reality of all of this and what's going on in her world. And at the same time, she's blind. So how does she cope? Does she cope really angle. well? Or, We're yeah, interested. Blind yeah, angle in World War II. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. Oh, definitely. Um, yes, coming uh, early November, isn't it? To yeah, Netflix. that's right, yeah. And um, played by a blind actress as well, which is always uh, always preferred. I know a lot of people are excited about this. I think that they're right to be, because, look, at the end of the day, it's it's good for us to just be part of the conversation. I kind of like, I mean, I don't. well, let's see it first. Okay, let's not maybe pass too much judgment yeah. at this stage, but... It depends how it's done. Um, but I do like when people who are blind or disabled are featured in stories and they are not themselves the subject. Their blindness isn't the subject of it. That's the bit that I like. And I saw this. There was a, a UK show called, is it, um, oh, goodness, I've lost the name of it. I want to say something like Line of Duty, but I don't think that's what it was. It was a show like that 
where they had a disabled character in the show, but she was playing like a lawyer or something. She was, she was play, it had nothing to do with her disability. The disability no. was irrelevant to the, the story. And I so think rare. So it rare. is. Yeah, and I kind of think we need to do more of that. Yeah. That's that's got to be at something. A, at the same time, I'm I'm interested in this, and I won't lie, because of the blind angle, right? I'm interested in this. Well, of course we are, yeah. And, well, why wouldn't we be? And if it's a blind actress actually playing the part, then you would assume that you would stay away from those sort of stereotype cliches that sort of drive me mad sometimes. You know, oh, I can hear something. See, this is it's an interesting one. Away. It's an interesting <laughs> one, right? I, you say that you say keep away from the stereotypes, and I get that, but then. The stereotypes for a reason sometimes. I mean, I mean, I'm talking about our experiences, right? So, if someone talks about you know talking to a as as I did the other day, oh my god! So yesterday I'm out and uh, loads of people out, you know, running, taking their dogs for a walk. Very active people live in my area. Uh, I wasn't wasn't sure if they were running for a bus (laughs) or getting fit. Um, Zombies chasing them. Or zombies were chasing them down the street. Yeah, who knows, right? Who knows? But, you know, I I did find it quite interesting. And then as I was walking home, I thought I spotted a small child. And so I said, morning. Small child didn't respond. Ask kids today. Terrible. they don't speak. (laughs) I had laughter. And it turned out that I had um, shouted a good morning to a small bollard. Well, bollards need love too. Everyone <laughs> knows so, that. Yeah. Give thanks to your local bollard when you Give go bollards by. a chance. Ah, <laughs> uh, we've all done it. Yes, I've picked up oh, people so before good. when I thought they were cloves in clove shop. Try to pick them up. I've uh, we've done. But you know what? It's not so much that. I don't mind that because that's truthful. It's where blind people are almost... it can feel a little bit awkward for people, right? Because I think sometimes it's being... It's like when we, you and I talk about it, it's part of our lives, right? So people yes. will often respond to that in a, in a positive in the sense that people hear it and they know that's our experience, they, that's their experience. But I think when it's on the big screen, I don't know, it kind of feels a little bit awkward. You don't want to go all Mr. Magoo, right? Okay. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to be portrayed as a superhero who can smell you know danger coming from six miles away i can it's 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 (laughs) fair enough uh okay yes Uh, thank you debbie we will check this out we'll definitely check it out Uh, it's on netflix start november uh look before we go quick one from dominique hey guys what's up it's dominique here so i wanted to briefly comment on what you guys are talking about here on the episode with the apple event Yes, two-finger swipe left and right is in and out navigation or interacting Uh and non-interacting. That is exactly what that is for. Uh, When you switch from flat to grouped, it definitely will be what those gestures gestures would be for. So I hope this helps. And yeah, thanks. There you go. Thank you, Dominique, confirming it. Um, something I already knew, but thank you for letting me know. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I'm you, so glad you brought that up, Dominique. Are you taking that um, one, are you? Yeah, Can I'm I just say yeah. coolest voice ever as well? I know. But thank you. Coolest name ever as well, Dominique. I yeah, love I know. it. Hey, listen, <sighs> thank you so much for getting in touch as always. Keep your feedback coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call and leave a voicemail. And you know what? 
Let us play it on air. Go on, Demi. One eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. If you leave us a voicemail and you don't want it played out on air, but you do want to get information to us like Debbie did, no problem at all. Just mention in your voicemail. Uh, that being the case, it's all in the voice message, which I really must re-record at some point. I did it about two years ago. Um, that's <laughs> it for today. Thank you so much for listening. We're back tomorrow with lots more of your feedback and also some new Braille resources to tell you about as well from American Printing House for the Blind on tomorrow's Double Tap. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.